Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Well, I get to talk a little bit about one of the funnest times in my life, being a grandfather a little bit today. Uh, The idea that um, since I'm up here, I won't drone on and on, but but being a grandfather now, I have been reintroduced to, yes, still hands over here, here, all across. Others can help. Kyle, can you help them get the, there, there we go. Um, been reintroduced to the joys of like hugging and feeding and laughing and, and getting on the floor with the cutest little bundles on the planet. I know your grandchildren are the cutest little bundles too, but uh, Lane is three years old, uh, Briggs is 21 months old. Suzanne had to tell me that. I was like, How, is he two? What? 21 months old, and, and little Maple is uh, less than a month old. So, uh, so far I haven't changed a diaper yet. For, I think I did one time early on, but that day is probably coming uh, for me to do that. But it is, it's fun. I get on all, floor, all, all fours on the floor, and I try to reach out for Lane, and she runs away. But Briggs sees me, and it's like I'm down like a bear, and he, he comes to me like a little bear cub, goes, Papa, and then he comes and snuggles under. Yes, oh, that's what I wanted, ah. Oh. <laughs> and in uh, Maple, it's basically got her eyes closed all the time, but when she does open her eyes for a minute, it's just like, oh, she's looking, and it's almost like she's going, Papa, <laughs> you know, when she's down. But, um, yeah, I actually have a little drink up there called Papa G. It's a little Yeti, but I won't put it up here for a prop. But it reminds me who I am. But anyway, being a grandfather uh, has brought back a lot of memories of what it was like to raise Grace and Kyle. Grace was born in 1988, Kyle in 89. And all through the 90s, it's brought back memories, but it's also brought a, a deep compassion in my heart for the challenges, the difficulty of what it must be like right now to raise children in 2022. I mean, the immense challenge of raising children um, back then, I remember, paying the bills, would we have enough money, you know, to pay the bills, concerned about getting enough sleep, trying to keep some romance in the marriage because most of our conversations were honey-do lists, and can you pick up this from the store, and can you fix that? And, um, you know, my favorite, Glenn, what were you thinking when you... And I'm like, I don't think I was thinking anything. I was just trying to watch a football game, you know. (laughs) So It's true. It's reality. I have my fact checker here. Um, but, But it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome. I cherish every memory, but fast forward to today, in addition to what we went through in the 90s, just raising children, it is spiritually, the 90s can't hold a candle to the spiritual darkness 
that is invading our world, really, in, in this hour. The, the spiritual darkness. Um, and so I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that parents right now of young children, it's like you're, you're raising tender little lambs in a culture of wolves. I don't think that's an exaggeration. So church, I want to charge you all of us to rally around our young families, to be available, to, to serve them, to pray for them, to, in practical ways, however the Lord has you gifted to, to reach out and serve. This is a time for the family of God to come around the families in our, in our world today because they need us. It, the, the Roman numeral one there, I have some, some details there. I don't want to get too dark, but... Um, it's, it's difficult, especially in the, wo- in the wake and the woke of so much going on today with the skyrocketing crime, with inflation, with the, ever since COVID, the COVID lockdowns, the vaccine mandates, the, va- the mask mandates. And even this week, I, I read that that as young as two, year old, two years old, the Head Start programs that are national, federal programs requiring two-year-olds to wear masks. Now, can you imagine having, you know, your, your children, your grandchildren have to wear a mask, right? A Christian and Cali and Cole, you know, it's like, what? But that's what's happening. Gender confusion and wokeness and school boards today encouraging critical race theory and actually implementing it in some of the school curriculums. And then then there's the the seeking to normalize LGBTQ2SIA+. I actually looked it up because there's new new letters have been added. And uh, the 2S is is the two-spirit community. They believe they have two spirits, a male and a female. And if you think that's just nuts, Prime Minister Trudeau in Canada just approved a package of $100 million to Canadian citizens who identify as all those things, including 2S. That's what is happening today. Perverted books being passed by school boards in the public, I mean, in the yeah, public school elementary libraries, smartphones, social media. I tell you, all of us today, we've got to understand these phones have got so much and they form and they shape so much of the young, the youth today. And you better know what they're watching. You better be aware because they're, they're forming their identity and their worldview so much from what comes through this. So it's, uh, but I want to say this too. Um, it's, it's, I put it in your notes there. At the same time, with all this going on, we must have compassion on those who are battling these kinds of attacks. We must have compassion on these, because they, they're being hit by demonic schemes of perversion that are causing them such confusion. They are hurting. They're confused. They're they're looking for love. And so let's not get on our high horse, church, and go, well, 
it's all the, you know. How would Jesus look at them? He would see them as hurting and looking for love. And they just don't know yet that Jesus and his leadership over their life is leading them into perfect love and the love they have been geared and created to experience. They just don't see it yet. So let's look at the gay community and the trans community with the eyes of Jesus because, because we can be moved with compassion to walk then in the anointing to actually help them and see them get delivered. Because Jesus created them with a destiny and a calling. And I'll stop preaching right now, but I could get it going right now on that. Paragraph A, I could just tell you some things today to do as parents. Like do this, the Bible says do that, and, and chop, 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 and, most, and, and, and that's good. And I actually will say some things that parents can do today. But that's not enough. It's not enough just to say what you... You could nod your head, Raymond, uh, and, you know, y'all, you could nod your heads and go, yes, pastor, I know I should do those things. You go out and you try to do them, but you run out of steam. It's because we must have the power of the Holy Spirit. We must be... All of us must be regularly filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what will empower us to walk out the Christian life and to do the right things. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And now witnesses, yes, it's that we need the power of the Spirit to be a witness for Jesus. But I'm also talking about the power of the Spirit to do the right things as parents these days. The power of the Spirit to have courage to stand up against woke culture and to stand up when we're being, uh, you know, coming, pushed back against on true biblical uh, discipline of children. We need courage. We need wisdom from the Holy Spirit. This is the power that I'm talking about. Really, my heart today is not to give a list of to-dos, but for all of us to be filled fresh with the Holy Spirit. We've already experienced some of that today. Thank you, worship team. But we must have. In fact, the Bible says, you know, because Jesus said every day has enough trouble of its own, we need to be filled with the Spirit every day. You know why? Because we leak out. Stuff happens, more things happen, challenges come, things get pushed back against us. We must have a daily filling. But today I'm believing we're going to give some room for the Holy Spirit to fill each one of us because we must have his filling. You say, well, how do you fill up on the Holy Spirit? It's it's not like you can go to the gas station down there and go, you know, I'd like $40 of regular Holy Spirit, you know, the love, really, I, I forgot, really, the main power, and I, I'm glad I kind of thought, and I'm remembering this now, the, the greatest manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit coming in our life is the divine love of God being put in your heart for your spouse, for your children. You can love your children you can love your spouse, but you're going to run out of gas if, it's, if you're the source of that love. We must come and fill up on the divine love of God. 
So you come and fill up. You fill up daily. You don't, you don't go push your credit card in and, and, and buy $40 of gas, but you turn off the TV. You turn off the cell phone. You get alone in a prayer closet or come to the prayer room, and you open the Word, and you talk to Jesus. And you say, you ask him to come and fill you that day. And he really will. He won't deny you when you say, fill me today with the Holy Spirit. Susanna Wesley had 19 children. She gave birth to to John and Charles Wesley. And uh, they were the founders of Great Revival in uh, England and in America. She, at any given time, but for an hour a day at least, she would get in her rocking chair, put her apron over her head, while 10 children would, at one time would be playing around her or reading or doing chores in the house. You know what she was doing? Filling up. Filling up on the Spirit. We will run out and we will burn out and we will compromise if we don't see the value of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Roman numeral two. Today, we live in a culture of wolves, and in Matthew 18, this is so sobering, how Jesus warns those who mistreat little children. They ask Jesus in Matthew 18, who's the greatest? Who are the greatest ones, Jesus? They're saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's the greatest? And he answers by saying, I'm going to answer your question. Bring a child to me. And then he, they bring him a child, and he says, unless you become as a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on, and he, he gives this stern warning for those who had put stumbling blocks in the way of children. That's happening today in so many ways. What does stumble mean? They're causing little little children and all believers to stumble. It means to deceive them, to trick them, to con them, to lie to them, to confuse them, to exploit them, to hurt them, and to use them. Those erecting stumbling blocks today are causing children to not really know who they are and not really know what life is about. Matthew 18, verse 6, starting with verse 6, Jesus says this, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe, be damned, be judged to the person through whom they come. Today's culture could be described by the last verse of the book of Judges. It says, in those days, because there was no king in Israel... Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. John MacArthur, 
pastor in California, said, in this increasingly secular... I'm, I'm saying all this today to cause us to awaken here, to rally, to not turn our eyes away. Because you don't just come to church and go, how great thou art, and then go off, and then, then you spend all week watching all this flood of evil come. We're the salt of the earth, church. We're to be the light of the world. We can't be, a, uh, Sloan prayed it this morning, a Switzerland church, just neutral about all these things and just go, well... God's just going to take care of it. Yeah, he's going to take care of it if the church take care of it if the church will stand up and be courageous and with love and a brokenness and a compassion in our heart speak the truth. Speak the truth to power. You know, Jesus turned over tables in the temple on two occasions. And the temple back in Jerusalem under a theocracy the temple was the center, was the political and the religious center of the day. Now, you don't think Jesus saw the crime rate in Jerusalem? You don't think he saw the different, the, the selfishness, the pride, the, the adultery, the different things happening in his day? Yes, he did. And so what would Jesus do today? Jesus would today speak truth to power just like he did back then when he turned over the tables. This is what love looks like, is what I'm trying to get across. I'm not some grumpy old get-off-my-lawn grandpa today. I'm like, what does love look like? Love looks like your children and your grandchildren growing up in a place where they're protected, where they're brought up in the ways of God. So... Um, I just, I just have such compassion right now. This is, this is what's, mo I had a whole other different message ready to go. But the Lord said, no, this is what I want you to do. Because compassion was what was stirring up in me to share this. John MacArthur said this, in this increasingly secular culture, most people no longer believe there's any fixed, inviolable moral standard they need to obey. People regularly, oh wait, yeah, people regularly prompt one another with phrases like, find your own truth, follow your heart, as if, they were a pure, if, as if that were a purely noble and upright way to live. Just do whatever, just be whatever you think you are. Well, I think I'm a dog. Well, okay. What kind of dog food do you want me to buy you? You think I'm joking, but that's like a thing on TikTok. There's videos where teenagers are thinking they're dogs. It's demonic. It's not. Look at the quote. It is not noble. It's demonic. It is not upright. It's perverted. All right. I'm sorry. Old man on the lawn. Back. Down. All right. More. More. Give me more love and compassion to where I won't just watch. But you know, it's been said it's against the law to shout fire in a crowded theater. But if there's a fire in a crowded theater, somebody better shout. 
if there are wolves getting into the pasture, can you put this picture up? If there are wolves getting into the pasture where the little lambs are, the shepherds and the sheepdogs better bark. They better bark. I mean, you know, that's Orion. That's Perseus. I could go around. That, you know, that's the different, the different children and grandchildren. Just think about them. There's Rex. You know, there they are. That's them, and that's us. That's us. Parents and the church need to bark in this hour. We must because that's what love looks like. There's one thing, Karina, Samph, if you could come up. There's one thing parents can do practically besides, obviously, a number of things. Actually, I have some really cool helps out there for parents from uh, Gary Douthit and Jeannie, our our elder. Uh, He's one of our elders here. He put together some out there that are so so helpful. And then a lot of your notes today at the end, we're going to pray for all of us today for those, uh, those other helps. But Karina is uh, my hero. I told her, I said, don't be offended if I call you a watchdog or a sheepdog, but she is. She is amazing, um, amazing in, in, in her walk with the Lord, and I'll shut up and I'll let you talk. Tell us about the school board, yeah. okay? Hi, church. Uh, he's exaggerating. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, for the past year and a half, I've been attending the monthly school board meetings and most of the time speaking at those. Uh, This is not a huge time commitment. It takes me about five hours a month between figuring out what I want to say, writing it out, and uh, going to the school board meeting. If you are in Lake Travis, uh, you're very blessed. Our school board has five uh, out of the seven members that are leaning conservative. And also, um, we are behind the curve in the progressive agenda we've been seeing in other parts of the country. However, we have teachers and administrators in the district pushing critical race theory and other harmful doctrines. Uh, They don't care what the governor has said and that he has banned critical race theory. We just witnessed a woke company review the school curriculums and make recommendations. What could go wrong with that, right? (laughs) But in the past year and a half, we've been seeing some big wins in the district. End of uh, 2020-2021 school year, many parents attended uh, one of the school board meetings and we were able to get masks optional. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would have been longer. And a f- few months later, uh, the two progressive school board members tried to bring masks uh, mandatory again. And the parents stood up again, and we stopped that. So we can definitely make a difference. It is undeniable that there's an agenda coming uh, against our kids. The Lake Travis School District has over 11,000 students. Some of these are future voters. Some of these may be future councilmen. And for you parents and grandparents, some of these may be your future son or daughter-in-law. 
I know that you, just like me, want to see these kids thrive in life. Um, I believe that the Lord wants us to go into the school and turn what the enemy meant for evil into good. We, as the pastor said, we are the light of the world. And it's time for the light to push darkness out of the school system. So let me come and meet me and let me know how I can help you do this. Next week, there's one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Sure. Lord, I thank you for this community. I thank you for this church. And I thank you for the mandate that is over this church. And I thank you that you have courageous sons and daughters of the Most High God. I thank you that you are activating them right now. And you have given them power and wisdom to go into all the world and let their, shine, let their light shine over in the school boards or in city councils or wherever you're going to be sending them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Dynamite comes in small packages. If you need healing, get her to pray for you too. Amen. Other people too. Um, real quick, I felt like the Lord dropped three words in my heart um, of encouragement for parents of young children or parents even of, of all, all ages. But also, really, this is, these are three words that apply to all of us as believers because we, we all have a calling from the Lord. And in, 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 uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 10 tells us all to be diligent to fulfill our callings. And so these, acts, these, three, word, these three encouraging words actually, uh, you could you know, broaden them out to all of us. Um, the first one is, it's worth it. It's worth it. The diapers, the sleeplessness, having to discipline, giving up free time, scrimping, saving, working overtime, exhaustion, feeling trapped at times, feeling insignificant at times. It's all worth it because every child has great value and dignity because they were created. Please hear this. Every child was created in God's image. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in the image of God. He created him male and female. So you, what you're doing is eternal. And remember, I believe this firmly. You and grandparents as well, you are raising up future leaders in the church and the marketplace. And I believe God will use them to help lead a great, the great end time revival before the Lord returns. Sean Foyt, who was here this weekend, Kyle helped, and Marissa, you all know, Sloan helped lead. They went, <clears throat> marched through the, and worshiped through the city of, through the downtown of Austin, and then yesterday out in Buda. Sean Foyt made this statement years ago. He said, and this was, he said, this is my opinion. But after Roe v. Wade was passed, the, the 60 million 
or plus. I don't know how many more have been killed since then you know, through abortion. He said, but God has given that those children had mantles and giftings and callings that never got fulfilled in the earth. And so now God is making up with, for that He's in his economy of giving your children and grandchildren and all the, the youth here. He's giving them double and triple uh, anointings and callings and mantles to make up for all those babies that were killed. That's why I see it. I'm like, you know, Marissa... She can preach. She can sing. She can, but you know, I'm like, these, peop, these young people, y'all are way better than me. I'm like kind of one dimensional. I can do a few, but I'm like, it's God's like, yeah, because all those babies never got a chance to change the world, and I'm putting more on every one of them. Amen. I got a little carried away. All right. B, uh, oh, well, oh, by the way, I'm going to pull it out here. Uh, my phone, if you can put this up, I highly recommend that you, that all of us get this, but it's called, it's a message by Mike Bickle called, Why Young Moms not, Need Not Fear the Tribulation. It gives us an eternal perspective. So I'm going to show you that I can do this. Um, here I am, Papa G, figuring it out. I get my phone and camera, and I'm going to go up here and do this. And there it is, the website, the, the message just came up. I just figured that out, guys. Am I, did you all know your phones could do this? Of course you do. Yes, so y'all can do that right now, and uh, just don't listen to it right now. And now how do I turn this video off? Hey, everybody, wave to my phone. <laughs> all right, I'm just going to turn it off. All right. B, Marissa, if worship team, if y'all could come up. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. That's a t-shirt around here. It's a song they sing in the prayer room in Kansas City. If you don't quit, there are no super saints, just saints that don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in staying the course, in doing what you know is right, even if it's boring and you don't feel any anointing on it, don't grow weary in doing good. You're staying connected to the vine. If you just stay connected, if you just keep talking to him, if you just keep doing what you know to do in the power of the Spirit, you will produce much fruit. You will win if you don't quit. Endurance is what I'm talking about. Now, it's so cool. Endurance is not a personality type. It's not, oh, well, he's just, he's just got that in him to be a hard worker. No, endurance is an anointing. I'll say it again. Endurance is an anointing from the Holy Spirit. 2 Thessalonians 3.5, I believe that note, it's in your notes, that we, can, we are to pray this, would you direct my heart, Lord, into the endurance or the perseverance of Jesus? It's escort me. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm tired. Jesus, would you take me and, uh, and Holy Spirit, escort me in to the very endurance that Jesus has and has demonstrated? Third, be strong and courageous. Third word, be strong and courageous. That's what the Lord told Joshua four different times before entering the promised land. 
He said in this one particular, he said, be strong and courageous. Think about this for parents. Parents, be strong and courageous because you will lead your family to inherit the land I swore to your ancestors, ancestors to give them. Again, courage and strength is not a personality type. Well, they're a type A, so they're courageous. No, it's an anointing we receive. Holy Spirit, we invite you in a manifested way right now. Lord, you saw fit to have us be born and live in this hour not because we have the right stuff but because we have access to you who has the right stuff and so we believe you you set us for such a time as this to do exploits even right now just the young people in the room the children and just if anyone feels that, I just want to stretch my hand out to the children's classes. Lord, I declare everyone under, under 35, the sound of my voice and in this building and across to Hope Rock, you will be strong in the Lord and you will do exploits in the name of the Lord in this hour. And the world will see And great fear will come upon many who are in a valley of compromise and and decision. Would you release great grace in Jesus' name? Now, precious members of the church have given, if you could put this slide, the last slide up. They've given, I, I emailed some and I said, hey, can you give me some bits of advice for parents? because you've been there um, and what, what advice, what wisdom could you give, pieces of advice and I won't go over the detail of them um, but I thought what would be best is as we close to have uh, what we call in our prayer, like Travis prayer room rapid fire prayer to have uh, three different ones come up and pray certain portions of this, putting your marriage first is about displaying and showing how much you love and cherish your spouse as your kids are watching. Because when they watch how you love your spouse, they'll see what marriage is like and they won't want to settle for anything less when they get married. Acknowledge your responsibility. Don't farm out the responsibility of raising your children to TikTok. to MTV, to anything else. I don't even know if MTV is still a thing. I heard a disturbing thing. Peppa Pig has two moms. They show up. Two moms show up. Don't farm out the responsibility of raising your kids.
acknowledge your responsibility. Third, be understanding but firm. Listen. Listen. Maintain ongoing contact with your children. If you start seeing the light go out, go to them. Approach them. Maintain a cheerful heart. Let's all, um, let's all stand, if you would. This is called rapid fire prayer, which means, you know, a, a minute long prayer each. Um, but I'm not going to ask all the parents to come forward because we're going to have some other <clears throat> ministry later. Uh, but let's rally around the the parents right now and the grandparents. Just a family. This is a family talk. If I had a lazy boy, I'd just kind of kick back a lazy boy and go, all right, Papa G mug, uh, uh, Yeti, it's a family talk. We're going to be family in the next few minutes. Amen? Amen. Let's worship team, you can get started, and then as you let, feel led, Kyle, you can, yes, you can do that as that is. They're just going to pray a couple of these points and uh, the worship team will sing around that too. I want to invite the ones in the room who are parents of children who still live in your home. So even if they're over 18, they live in your home. Uh, I want to invite those parents to stay standing, but everyone else to actually sit down just so we can see faces and real people of who we're praying for. And so I just want everyone who's sitting down uh, to find someone near you. Just lock eyes with them. You don't have to like make eye t- contact with them. Just find the people near you that you can really apply these prayers that you, you're going to agree with from the people praying up here. You're going to apply these prayers to real people in our church family. And so just like we do when we pray for healing, we find someone close to us and lay hands on them. Even if you want to lay hands on them and as we pray and come into agreement for these real parents with these real young families. I feel like there's going to be a lot of power in that. I'm sorry, but we're going to ask that the the children stay there so parents you can really focus. Yes, and receive. Yes. And parents, you're just going to receive these blessings from these prayers that are about to be prayed. Receive the, the dunamis power of the Lord. And I just want to pray that simply. It's not a specific point up here. I want to receive the the dunamis power. I want you to receive the dunamis power from the Holy Spirit to love your children and love your spouse with the supernatural love of Jesus, the agape love. I want every parent to be filled with the agape, perfect, supernatural love of Jesus for their spouse and their kids. So Father in heaven, would I thank you for the great commandment to love you and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Lord, you wouldn't give us a commandment if you weren't going to give the grace to fulfill it. So, Father, I ask for every parent in the room right now of a young family, Lord, I ask you to strike them with a lightning strike of the supernatural agape love of Jesus. 
Lord, would you fill them to overflowing with the Romans 5.5, love of God. Would you shed it abroad in their hearts? Lord, I pray for overflowing springs of love to spring out of their hearts for their spouse and for their kids. Lord, I pray for fountains of love just to explode right now from your Holy Spirit. Strike every parent with supernatural, offensive love for their kids and their spouses. It's offensive to the world. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you that you're the perfect parent. Lord, you're full of zeal for your children, but you're so tender, you're so loving. Holy Spirit, I just pray for parents that they would spend time with you, Father, that they would learn to receive your love and your tenderness, and that they would know their children, Lord, and be a reflection of your Papa heart to their children, Father, that they would shepherd their children like you shepherd them, Father. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Father, to do what only you can empower them to do. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. I just want to pray into the point of maintain ongoing contact with your children. Father, even as a child, Lord, as a child that was in a home with a very present father and mother, Father, we ask and we cry out on behalf of the parents in this room, God, and we ask that they would be present, Lord. God, the fatherlessness that is in the homes, even though there's an existing parent, Father, is unacceptable. Father, the the fathers that are in the house that are just kind of doing their own thing, Lord, we ask for repentance and forgiveness, God, and that we will no longer be silent parents. In Jesus' name, those that are in the homes, get in your kids' business. Be involved. Be involved in their interests. Father, we ask, would you give the hearts of parents, Lord, ones that are not only connected to you, Jesus, first and foremost, that they would be connected to the one and only true love, the only source of love, but Father, that they would also be connected to their children, God, in such a way that their their children feel valued and feel loved and feel seen and feel cared for and feel safe and protected, God. Father, I thank you for those that are doing it currently. God, and we call forth those that are not. And we say it is time for you to parent, not just provide. It is time for you to love your children as the Father has loved you. We ask, God, all of this in your name, Jesus. And we thank you that there will be supernatural grace in the household to do this. That it's not an easy thing to pretend like you care about video games and random sports and random this, that, and the other. But God, that you will empower the parents to love, to have compassion, 
to enjoy their children, God. Father, that the, the children that come to our youth that feel like they don't have a father in the home, God, we say that you have a father and he is in heaven and he loves you. And so we just call forth and we speak to every father and mother in the household and we say, be a parent in Jesus' name. He will teach you because as Chad said, he is the ultimate parent. He is the ultimate father figure. He has every motherly attribute. He is so good and all consuming in his ways and in his love for you. So be first loved and then love your children in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray for, for the last one. Maintain a cheerful heart. Father, your word teaches that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Lord, you, you told us in Isaiah that they will be joyful in your house of prayer. And so, Father, God, I'm asking for you to eradicate prayerlessness from parents. God, that as they choose prayer, that their joy quotient would skyrocket for their children. God, that even as Susanna Wesley would pull the apron over her head and chose prayer, God, I'm asking that parents in the room would choose prayer for their children and that they would receive a cheerful heart in return. Your word says in 2 Corinthians 10 that you love a cheerful giver. God, I'm asking today that you would release cheerful generosity from a place of prayer for parents in the room. God, I thank you for those parents that have chosen the low road of the, of the prayer closet. God, I'm asking that you would release joy upon them today, that you would release the smile of heaven over them and on their face. God, that they would smile at their children, that they would smile at the other drivers on the road, that they would smile at other parents, God. And that through that smile, you would release the kingdom of God in our region, in our city, in our state, God. We are asking for cheerful parenthood, that it would be a marker of this house, cheerful parenthood. We didn't say it was going to be easy. We said it was going to be worth it. And so, God, I pray that you would release this in the house in Jesus' name. Let's clap to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.